Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest special episode of uh, Game Rifles. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot the name of <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me is the man with the master plan. The man who always thinks Metal Gear. It's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you so much for being here. Um, as we are in part two of our bonus episode extravaganza. Yeah. Um, where we talk about um, our... Yeah, kind of our, our, our origin stories as gamers. Um, you know, how we grew up with video games. Um, how that influenced us. Like, what kind of games we played. Um, and it's just a way for all of you to get to know us. Um, if you've if you've gotten to know us in the past, uh, if you've stuck with us for the past four seasons, first of all, thank you very much. Um, second of all, um, don't go back to episode one. It's oh, terrible. Yeah. Um, use these bonus episodes instead to get to know us better. Uh, <laughs> so that's what this is. This is part two. If you haven't listened to part one yet or watched part one yet, please go back and watch or listen to this episode. Um, before you go into this one, because you might get confused as to stuff that we reference in part one um, that we might be talking about here, yeah. which we definitely, definitely will. So go check it out. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we, we were talking about PC gaming yeah. a bit. Yeah, we were talking about PC gaming. Yeah. So when did you because I talked about how I got into PC gaming, like how did you first get into PC gaming? um i think it was with through friends because we didn't have a pc at home we only had a playstation and then when did you get your first one actually my my first own proper pc was i think in 2000 um 2002 2000 no i know like i went to the eighth grade here Mm -hmm. and that's when i got it for my okay. birthday it was a dell off the shelf computer um and i really used that one for quite a few years to be honest yeah and at the time i like i didn't realize anything about specs and settings so you just in, you would install a game and you would just play it you know you wouldn't mess around with the settings or anything i had like this fat monitor you know not 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 a flat screen yet um oh, man. yeah CRTs, man yeah <laughs> but but my my experience with PC gaming was like way before that. Like I remember as a kid, I would go to friends and they would have uh, uh, A2 racers, you know, the Dutch game. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Oh my dude. You yeah. just unlock memories <laughs> yeah. of that kind of stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Or sh- uh, stuff like a uh, red cat, you know, red cat. Yo, <laughs> I was about to say, but let's go. Yeah. That stuff was awesome. Yeah. And uh, jazz, the jackrabbit, I think. We yeah. talked about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh my god. Yeah, stuff like that. Did you play? Did you play the two D Duke Nuke- Nukem's? Uh, did you even know about the two D Duke Nukem's? I played. No, I played. The, I played them on PS One. I think they got ported to PS One, or at least Doom got ported to PS One. So I played it that, mm. on that. And uh, I don't remember if I think I played uh, Duke Nukem on the N sixty four. Okay, so you've only seen it. Yeah. Like Duke Nukem was originally a two D platformer on PC. Oh, I didn't know that. Like the original Duke Nukem? Yeah. The reason... Oh, gosh. This is just going to make me sound so incredibly old. 
the reason why I played it was because I used to go to these computer classes um, in my area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they teach you how like, to do like typing and stuff like that. And they also had games on there. Like one of the games that they had was 2D Nuke Nukem. Mm. Um, they also had this game called Dangerous Dave, which was really fun. It was also a platformer, okay. um, like a puzzle platformer. Um, and it was like at the time it was all shareware. I don't even know if you remember that term, but I've like shareware was basically you had a game, but it wasn't the complete game. It was like just the taste, like mm. the first, first three levels, let's say. And then you'd have to, at the time you'd have to like mail the developers. Like you had, you'd send them like a check or money in the mail and like, Hey, I love this game. Could you send me the rest? And they'd send you the rest of the game. Wow. On blob on 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 diskettes. Not floppy disk diskettes. Wow. Floppy disk is way way before my time. But like diskettes, even the diskettes we still called floppy disks. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> because that's just how you what you called diskettes. Yeah. Because they were like the smaller version of it and like 1.44 megabytes. I remember that was that. so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. So I learned how to type, but I could I to this day I cannot do like the 10 finger typing. Oh, I'm just not good at it. Um but that's where because it was typing lessons. But I also had these games. So they had that. They had Do you blind um, type by the way? Kinda sorta. Hmm. Like now I can for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um unless I'm tapping like on a tablet, then I have to watch because you can't. I, can, I, 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 I I'm not as fast as it anymore, but I can still do it on tablet as well. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that is actually a legit skill because I tried that. I cannot do that. I have uh, to focus. Okay. Um, but yeah, like if I'm typing right now, I can just do that, and that's no mm. problem. I can type blind. Um, but at the time, I could not do that at all. So I just focused on playing the video games whenever like we had the time. So. Like, before class started and after class started, you could play video games. Nice. So I played those kind of games, and it was super crazy. Like, the first PC that we had was, like, a used one my dad bought from a, like, a going out of business sale mm. from, like, a company that was going out of business. And it was this behemoth tower. <laughs> it was this behemoth tower. It couldn't even play, like, 3D games well. It could only play, the only game, the, the first 3D game that I played was Descent which also had a PlayStation 1 version mm-hmm. by the way and it was so it was it was so disorientating because you had to you couldn't use the keyboard and mouse it was full keyboard oh man you had to use wasi to go up and down and strafe and then like the other side to like move so one hand was movement the other hand did camera movements with like the 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 the, the arrow keys mm-hmm. it was so disorientating oh man but it was so much fun for me to play it um and that was back when Windows was Windows 3.11. I didn't experience I I got like my Windows 98 was like probably the first Windows I used. Really? Oh, yeah. my first was 3.11 and yeah. DOS. Oh damn. Like I played DOS games, man. Holy smokes. Yeah. That was Woo! That was crazy, man. That was really crazy. It's just um it's it's so like if you look at it back then and you look at it now it's like kids do not understand the levels of like kids now will never understand the level of 
hoops you had to jump through yeah. to play PC games. Yep. And it was at the time when you had 3D accelerator cards, but those stuff was expensive. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a 3D accelerator card until in the early 2000s yeah. when I started learning to build PCs, like yeah. I told, like I said before. And um, so after our first PC died, because of course it was a used computer that was in an office for years and years, it wasn't in the best condition to begin with. Like after that one died, um, which is, I damn it, sorry. Like a lot of memories are unlocking at once right now. Do you, I know that you probably did not have a computer that did this because you had a Dell, but back then you, some computers had what, what they called a turbo button. I did, did not have that. So it it's kind of like overclocking, but like it was built in. Mm-hmm. So if you needed a little bit more juice, you press the turbo button on like the chassis mm-hmm. and then the clock speed would. Really? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it actually worked. Looking back at it, I don't think it actually. Worked. I wonder how they or pulled it, it off. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it technically was that they had just had the stock uh, chip in it, and it runs at two different speeds. And if you play, if you like, if you start it up in the lower speed, it uses less power. Mm-hmm. I think that's the general idea. Okay. I legit do not know if that actually worked again because I could not play anything that needed actual 3D acceleration and Descent technically does not need actual 3D acceleration. Mm. It didn't need a 3D card. Um, I remember though that on when I had my Dell, I played mm. in the beginning, I played a lot of strategy games because I played like mainly RTS games on PC. And I loved RTS. I still love RTS. I know like Red Alert 2 or Command & Conquer Generals or Age of Mythology or... Yeah, but like at that time, the, the market was so broad because there was like it felt like a part of the PC market was only making either FPS or RTS. You know, they were constantly churning that out. Like, so, so it was like the golden days of RTS. I mean, there was this game called Cossacks. I, can't, I don't know if you remember that. It was based like I don't in remember the, that, but I think you've mentioned it before. Yeah, it was like in the in the, the Napoleonic era with muskets and stuff like that, and it didn't look super beautiful or anything, but it was just it played nice. Plus, you could like have like these massive armies, and then they would have the muskets, and then they would march in formation. Like if you selected a a group and you would march, they would actually march in formation, and then they would fire their muskets, and you would hear the sounds and see the little smoke come <laughs> from their guns. You know, and then you would hear like a horn and then you were like, oh, this is so cool because it felt so immersive, you know, <laughs> and again, yeah. it didn't look as beautiful, but was nice. Or you had stuff like Empire Earth, which was uh, like a strategy game through the ages, because I, I remember back then, eventually I got into level editors and I started making my own levels and coming up with my own stories. Really? That early? Yeah, that was so, so time consuming. It was, oh my God. Oh. I bet. <laughs> yeah, and like I, uh, one of the the, the the most fun I had with a strategy game was uh, the Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth. That was back when EA had to start the ba- Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings license. <laughs> so they yeah. made Battle for Middle Earth, which was really cool. And then they made, made Battle for Middle Earth 2 after a while. And we would play a lot of these games through... Um, through uh, eventually, I got like... Uh, that's when I got my second PC. I got my second PC in 2011. 
and we mm. built it together with a friend. So we went to like alternate and bought like all the parts and we built the whole thing. And I remember back then we played a lot of games through virtual land, through Hamachi. So we just, you know, pick a game and we just play it. And it would be either Oh my be... gosh, Hamachi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we would play Battle for Middle Earth against each other. Or we would play Rainbow Six Vegas in co-op. Or we would play mm. Borderlands. Or Because back then we didn't buy our games we would just download our games and then apply a crack and play it you know i know it's like so illegal (laughs) but it felt so badass at the time you know (laughs) you're like yo do you have a is a cracked version for that game already out and then usually (laughs) it would be out when a game like dropped the same day and like oh let's go man let's play this or let's play that you know and then because drm at the time wasn't as sophisticated as it is now so, but like eventually that also died off and we just started buying games. I think it's just like an age thing, you know? Yeah, it's definitely. And also, I mean, come on. At the time, we like, did you have a job? No. You, at most, you probably got an allowance. Yeah. And, like, and that wasn't a lot. Yeah. You know, plus um, it became harder and harder for ga- to download and crack games or play crack mm, games. True. So, um, well, it got more annoying. So, yeah. But I remember that, like, we would play for... Uh, that's how I managed... That's how I put 300 hours in Battlefield 3. Battlefield 3 came out. We all bought it through Origin. I remember you had Battle Log. You had to go to the stupid website to, to pick a match <laughs> to go in. We would pop on Skype. And then we would just play for hours. We would hang out during the day outside. And then in the evenings, we would just go in and fire up Skype and play for Battlefield multiplayer. And then my mom would go crazy because she would shout upstairs like, hey, can you keep it down? Can you tone down the volume? Because I would be just screaming into my microphone like, oh, man, fuck, fire. You know, because, yeah, so much, um, so much vivid so memory. Much, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you said your first was Adele, right? Yeah. So my first was, um, I think before I ent- right before I started high school, our family got our first computer. Was it and a that Packard was a Packard Hell? Bell? Oh right. Yeah, it was a Packard Hell, as yes. we like to call yeah, it. Yeah, Packard Hell. Well, yeah, that's the PC that I modded. By the way, I threw oh, out right. the old guts and I put in like new mm. motherboards and like a gra- an actual graphics card and it, it's you know funny the, that those computers like uh, at least from what I always heard always bad like always they would oh, they break down always but they still managed to sell a lot of computers. You know why? Because it came with free software. Oh. Like one of the things that really sticks in my mind is that we got a lot of free games with that PC, but they were like, you know, CD-ROM mm-hmm. games, you know, the CD-ROM games back in the day. Um, we had Freddy Fish mm-hmm. and a bunch of other games. Um, one of like my first RTS was on the Packet Bell and that was Total, Do- uh, Total, Destru- Total, Total Annihilation. Total Annihilation. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It was so. That was my first RTS. I didn't even know what an RTS was. Mm. So it was basically the PC version of my experience with Secret of Mana. Wow. Because that was because at that point I had the only thing I'd play was you know like the two D you know the two D Duke Nukem and Dangerous Dave and it was cute and you know like Descent was a little bit much, mm-hmm. but then you had like. You know, the CD-ROM games was like, this is for kids. I mean, it's cute and all. Like, we had this CD-ROM game. One of the CD-ROM games that came with it were, like, a bunch of Disney games. So, one of them was Mulan. Another one was 101 Dalmatians. Another one was another Disney game. I do not remember which movie. 
But like me and my little sister used to play those a lot, but Total Annihilation was for me. Mm. Like I was the only one that played Total Annihilation. Wow. And I had so much fun with it. I'd always play like skirmishes. I'd like I'd always play skirmishes. I never played the story. <laughs> I didn't even know like I saw a story, I was like But I have that- I don't think I don't think I realized what the story mode meant. Yeah. And then I started, I just played, I I think eventually I did play the story mode. And I was like, oh, this teaches you how to play the game. At that time, I'd already learned how to play the game myself. Mm. But that's what I would like with GTA, for example, or GTA, like from three to San Andreas, basically. Like I remember at that time, a lot of people would just free roam and cause chaos in the city like they wouldn't play the story because like a lot of people i spoke to like oh i just fire up the game and i just go kill cops or something like that i'm like uh okay but what about story Pfft, i don't care about story i just care about <laughs> creating chaos and mayhem and i'm like i never understood story, the ap- what's that yeah i never understood <laughs> the appeal of that because i was like no 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 no, i'm gonna play the story because i want to know what's going on in this world you know and i never understood that appeal that's so now that you mentioned that you skipped out on a story i have to think about that suddenly <laughs> yeah so I, uh, for a really long time that was the only those were the only games that i played because those are the only ones i owned and then my dad bought like this compilation these compilation these cds with like a bunch of different games on them some of them worked some of them didn't because again it was a packard hell <laughs> so big shock um but total annihilation is one that really sticks in my mind as a game that i really enjoyed playing I almost, I'm almost tempted to go on good old games and see if they have it, but I don't think they do because it's really old. Maybe you can get um, it on uh, GOG. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they do. I hope they do, but it would be really cool. Um, but at around that time, a little, a little later at that time, um, do you remember when you first got in? Do you get? Did you get internet with your first computer? By the way, nope. Okay, so neither did we. We didn't get internet. Like, we would occasionally do dial-up. Very, very occasionally with those, you know, those CD-ROMs that, that yeah. you get, like, free minutes! And we do that. But it was, like, so bad. And we, I never, ever, ever got it to work. <laughs> ever. I remember my mom's place, we would have uh, Zonnet. And I don't know why. Yeah. Zonnet, yes, exactly! Yeah. I never got Zonnet to work. We, we did. We did just plug in the cable, and then it would dial up. You would hear the phone dialing up, and then uh, we would just be on the internet. And uh, But at the time, you know, you could do a lot on the internet. Like, there wasn't no, no yeah. YouTube or social media or stuff like that. Or Google was just starting, maybe? Yeah, Google was just starting. Yeah. Around that time, though, um, do you remember... Um, there were a lot of search engines back then, you know. Yeah. Ask Jeeves was around still. Um, but the one that I always used was uh, Alta Vista. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Alta Vista was so good. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how Google got taken over and do- basically dominated all the other ones because Ask Jeeves outlived Alta Vista, which is crazy. Alta Vista was a good search engine. Mm-hmm. And if. If things played out differently, I think we'd all be saying, hey, did you Vista that? Did you Vista that instead? Probably. I don't know. And we didn't say, did you Vista that? We just said, did you look for, did you look for that on the internet? Um, did you search for it? Um, now you say, did you Google it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was your... Yeah, man. 
Yeah. So what was your first handheld? Game Boy. Game Boy. Okay. So I do have an interesting. St- I have. I keep saying that. I have an interesting story about the Game Boy specifically. Yeah. So my older sister was like eighteen years older than me. Oh wow. Um. So you know, she by the time I was a kid, she was married, and by the time I was like, I'm not gonna say my age, but I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was an, I was an, I was an, I was a young uncle. I will say that. Um. But my brother-in-law um, used to work at this, like, um, for this for for uh, for this uh, company that cleans like airplanes, mm-hmm. and on multiple occasions, <laughs> he found Game Boys. Oh wow! So uh, I he gave me one. And uh, one of them, any, uh, and also another, and it came with a game hmm. because it, 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 obviously someone left it there with their game in it. And it was Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. I think I've heard of that one. And it's okay. It's it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle platformer. Um, and it's okay. It's it's like it's from the Crazy Castle series. So you have like. Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle, you have Mickey Mouse Crazy Castle, you know, all these other, like, I think you have Garfield Crazy Castle even. Um, and uh, I played that for a really long time. And then he found another one, um, which he later gave to a cousin of mine. Um, but he took the Bugs Bunny game, <laughs> but the other one had Donkey Kong 94. Oh! So I got to keep Donkey Kong 94, and he gave because I like Donkey Kong, because he asked me, like, which one do I like more? And I said, like, well, I like Donkey Kong. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to give this one to your cousin. Um, but he also want, needs a game, so I'll take the other one. It's like, okay, that's good. Because I didn't care about Bugs Bunny. Crazy <laughs> it's so annoying. It's really annoying. Especially when you died, it made that stupid music. Like, that thing, I died so many times, it seared into my brain. Oh. I hate it. But Donkey Kong 94 was great and I loved it. So I kept that. I still have that one. I still have that cartridge around here somewhere. Nice. Um in this void <laughs> <laughs> with the Super Nintendo. <laughs> and uh yeah, that was my first one. Um it didn't have a battery panel. So the batteries used to fall out. Oh shit. So the way I did it was I would take a bunch of paper I would fold it up so that it's super thick and tight. And then I would like use um, uh, tape, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like not even like duct tape or anything, just like regular office tape. (sighs) And I'd tape the back like crazy so that it'd stay in place and so that the batteries wouldn't fall out. And that's how I played. How how DIY of you. <laughs> hey, I used to do a lot of DIY stuff yeah. back in the day when I was a kid. You wouldn't even believe. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how I played. That's how I played. That's how I got into mobile handheld gaming. And one of the games that I bought for the first time, and I've told you this story before, is Pokemon. Pokemon is the first game that I ever bought for myself. And I saved up my birthday money. I had saved up my birthday money, but I had no purpose for it. I mean, it was at the time I was, I had the PlayStation. 
so at probably was saving for I was saving, probably saving up to to buy games, more games uh, down the road. I didn't I don't know if I had like games at the time that I wanted to buy. And then, like one day, I was watching Fox Kids. Oh, Fox Kids! And I saw Pokemon. Me too. The anime. Yeah. And it was a very early episode of Pokemon. I think it was the one where they go to the Pokemon school where they like, oh yeah, like instead of like traveling around, you can like go to the school and you'll get like a certificate that is an equal to like how many badges you can get instead of traveling, blah, blah, blah. And I watched that episode and I don't know what in my mind made me go, this seems very Nintendo. Hmm. I legit don't like... Again, this was when I was like 12. I don't know why I made that connection with Nintendo. Okay. But when the episode ended and I looked at the the credits, at the very end, it says, trademark Nintendo. I was like, oh, I was right. It is like a Nintendo thing. And that's how I found out about Pokemon. And then I found out, oh, that means there has to be a game. And sure, there was two games and blue and i will never forget this because this is how it went down i went to my local game store um they don't exist anymore they used to they they were bought out by bart smith and then bart smith also eventually died was it the e-plaza yeah so before they were called e-plaza they were called games enzo oh i don't know that one they were, it was a small Amsterdam chain. Okay. Like only in Amsterdam, they had this chain of, like I think, five, four or five stores before they got bought by Bart Smith and then turned into E-Plaza. Mm. And I went to my local one, which was about on a leisurely stroll 20 minutes away from where I, from where I lived. And I went there on an evening just for poops and giggles and i saw that they had pokemon and i really wanted to buy it and i knew that i had the money for it i asked how much it cost and they told me the cost and i was like okay if i go home and come back real quick because i know you're closing at six will i will you let me buy this game and they were like sure yeah sure so i booked it and i mean i ran home i don't know how quickly i ran home I ran home in like 10 mi- like ten minutes, maybe less. I don't know how fast I was going. It was going so fast. I got home. I got my money. I ran back. I got to the store all out of breath. Like, I think minutes before they closed. Oh, wow. Minutes. Maybe like 10 minutes before they closed. And the and and there were two shopkeepers there, a dude, a, a dude, and a, a dude, and, a, and this lady, and they were like really impressed. You're like, wow, you actually made it back before he closed. It's like, yes, because I really bought the game. And the guy was so impressed. He was like, um, here, let me give you this strategy guide. Never heard of strategy wow. guide. Wow. Like okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. And the and and his coworker was she was like. Are you sure? And isn't he supposed to pay for that? It's like, it's fine. It's fine. We'll give it to him. He, he, uh, he put in the effort, hmm. essentially. I was like, oh, thanks. I did not realize that it's something that you had to buy. So I bought the game. I got the game and the strategy guide. And I happily went home. And I went to my room. Um, 
I put it in my Game Boy, and it's old school Game Boy, no backlight, uh, with the with the green black black and green screen, and I started playing Pokemon, and I just picked up the strategy guide. I read what I needed to do, and I just I followed the strategy guide to a almost to a T. Mm. So I was guided through the whole experience, and it was a really fun experience for me. And it wasn't until I want to say a year later that like one of my classmates was like, well, no, not even, sorry, a couple of months later where uh, was like, hey, you have Pokemon. I brought Pokemon to school all the time. I was like, hey, you have Pokemon. I was like, yeah, I love Pokemon. I love watching the anime. I love playing the game. He's like, uh, so how far are you? And I explained to them like, yeah, I was just, I just looked things up in the strategy guide. I'm like, wait, you bought a strategy guide? I'm like, no, the game came with a strategy guide. It's like, no, you idiot. You have to buy it. Oh, it's wow. Like, Wait, what? No, hey, I you got, got it for, for free. free so. <laughs> it's like, when I got back home, I looked at the cover and then I looked at the back and it says, a, and it had a price $14.99 Gilders. I'm like, uh oh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Because it was because it, because I did not even put two and two together that it's like something you have to buy because I'd never heard of of of, of a strategy guide, so that's how I got into Pokemon, <laughs> and I never went back. Um, I almost fell off when Black and White came out, but then X and Y came out and was the first three D Pokemon, and I fell in love with it all over again. Mm. And now we have Arceus, and it's the best Pokemon game ever. Oh. The game for, the game has come a long way. The the series has come a long freaking way. Uh, From me like running to get it to me being like apathetic about it. I got a pocket, Game Boy Pocket, and I Oh my god, you lucky son of a gun. Yeah, and um I got Super Mario Land, I think it was called on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, Super yeah. Mario Land on it. And then I also remember when Pokemon came out because of Pokemon Red and Blue, and then I had this friend. And he also got a Game Boy, and he got Pokemon Blue, and I got Pokemon Red. But I didn't have a strategy guide, so it was like, and I was pretty young, so I like, I just, you know, back then you were just trial and erroring your way through games, you know, and that's <laughs> kind of what I did. And then I got pretty far, you know. We would talk to people at school, and people said, like, "Oh, you gotta go and do that, or you gotta get the bike, or you gotta get the fishing rod, or you gotta get the that Pokemon to beat that, and blah blah blah." And I never finished the game because it was just, you know. Because that's the same issue I had with Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. It mm. that one feels too grindy and too long for me. So like, I just I just don't have the attention span for it. But I remember like I would play a lot of Pokemon Red. I still have my red cartridge, so I just uh, keep it safely. I, I, have, I have my blue cartridge. Yeah, I checked it a few years ago, and I was hoping that the save file was still there, but it was gone. Uh, the battery's probably <laughs> my dead. whole my whole team was gone. Uh, I do remember my. Do you remember your 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 team composition before before you stopped playing? Uh, no. Like who was your starter? Let's Char- start with that. Who was your Charmander? Starter? Ah, mine was Bulbasaur because of the anime. Because mm. I watched because at that time before I got the game, I I I saw the episode, um, the about the Bulbasaur Garden. Mm-hmm. And it showed like the evolution of Bulbasaur to Ivysaur, and then of course that big giant Venusaur. Um, and I was like, 
also like Bulbasaur was just like a really cool character because before that I saw the episode where Ash gets Bulbasaur for the first time and um like he was really protective and like the character of Bulbasaur in the anime spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> I could really see myself like bonding with that kind of a Pokemon. So that's why I picked Bulbasaur. Okay, I can understand. Yeah. So my my I ended with Bulbasaur. So I had a Venusaur, I had a Pidgeot, which I loved, um, a Clefairy, a Clefable, sorry, which was my HM slave. <laughs> so it had all the HM moves. Um, I had a Dragonite, I want to say, and uh, an Articuno. And I think I switched between Moltres and Zapdos. It depended on the situation, but like Articuno was always on my team at the very least. Nice. Yeah. And what did you get after the the Game Boy? For me, it was a PSP, and I think for you, it was a DS. No, Game Boy Advance. A Game Boy Advance. Which was the first, which was the first console that I bought. I forgot that the Advance was there. Because my because my parents bought me the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Game Boy Advance, I actually worked for it. Okay. Like I got a summer job. Yeah. Um, I was 15, 16 at the time. I got a summer job because I wanted to get it. And I worked for like the whole summer. And the on the last day I got paid. Um, I had enough money to buy the system and the game. So I bought that and Konami Crazy Racers. And like a couple of months ago. I found my copy of Konami Crazy Racer. <laughs> I had I looked for it forever because I it I was it was gone. Like I could not find it. I I figured that it, somewhere in between all the moving that I did, I lost it. And I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. Someday I will find a used copy and I'll pick that up. And then all of a sudden I was doing some cleaning and I like I find my Game Boy Advance. And in the my original Game Boy Advance, because I had that and I had the SP. And in it, I found Konami Crazy Racer. <laughs> and I looked at it, I, I booted up, the save file's still active, all my save files are there. I am super crap at the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. If I had a way to capture um uh Game Boy Advance games. I would so stream that so much, just like I'd start a new save file, I'd stream that and be like, yeah, I think it's, so cool. I think it's possible, right? I think you have the, like, I have a Game Boy with, it. I have a um, GameCube with the Game Boy Player, yes. Yeah. Whose disc I also recently lost until and found again. Oh my god. <laughs> but I have it now, so I can't play it on. I can't play it on the Game Boy Player. So uh, yeah, that was my first. Um, the DS was after that. Mm. I got a PSP and I remember, like, I got this Power Unlimited magazine and then it talked about that the PSP had come out in Japan and then it was going to come out in September here. And, like, I pre-ordered one at the Bart Smith and I just, like, read that Power Unlimited every day because, you know, (laughs) as a kid, you're just impatient. And I got Metal Gear Acid for it because, you know, I'm a Metal Gear fan. And I got my PSP, I got Metal Gear Acid, and like I played the whole weekend and I finished Metal Gear Acid. And then, you know, because I remember the first time when I saw uh, 
Well, a friend of mine had got his PSP earlier that day before I got mine. And I remember the first time I saw the PSP, it felt surreal because you had never, because like the last handheld I had owned was a Game Boy Pocket. I never bought a Advance or a SP or whatever. That was, you know, the games didn't appeal to me. So I was always used to these, you know, less prettier graphics, to put it that way. And then when Pixel I, graphics. Yeah, and then when I first graphics. saw the PSP, it felt like somebody had just, like, uh, it was just playing a video, you know? Because it just, it, your mind couldn't comprehend that it was actually running real time, that pretty on it, you know? It was, it was Dynasty Warriors. And you know, oh. yeah. So like, oh, I'm like, holy crap! Also, I, one of your favorite. Yeah, franchises. I played Dynasty Warriors on PS2, and now it's running on PSP. You know, and like, I couldn't believe it. And then I got mine, and then like, I played all sorts of games on it. Um, I remember, and I know, I know that the games on the PSP were hit and miss, but it was a lot. It was really popular. I think a lot of game developers also struggled because they didn't know what to do with them. So like, mm-hmm. some would make unique PSP experiences. But some would just try to force a port to the PSP, which did not work because, you know, you missed an analog stick and, and buttons. But I remember vividly playing Cypher. Yeah, you just had that little nubbin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you needed to, if you used it a lot, it would just hurt your finger eventually because you would get a sore thumb because of it. Um, but I remember playing games like Siphon Filter, and though that was one of the best PSP games, and, and the sequel, and you had ad hoc mode. So, like, in school, we would just prop up our book and then in class we would just play Cypher Filter multiplayer against each other and then if sometimes the people you were playing against were at the other side of the classroom so like you would want to shout or scream at them because they killed you but you couldn't because you're like I'm in class I, I, I gotta make sure I don't get busted and then mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember playing Splinter Cell Essentials I think which was a horrible game but I really enjoyed it you know <laughs> or uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out for the PSP it was also not yeah. a great game but oh. I liked that game You didn't get you didn't get the uh, you weren't like me right you weren't collecting like handhelds No 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 I have the oh, I goodness. had the PSP 1000 and I sold it and I got yeah. the PSP 2000 instead Nice Yeah cuz it was lighter and faster and stuff like that Yeah Yeah and oh my goodness like I, I wanted to it. get the yeah. I wanted to get the Dark Vader one mm. that came with Battlefield uh, Battlefront, yeah, yeah, of uh, Battlefront. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And I'm re- uh, there's this still there's this one game I really want to play. It's called Key of Heaven, and it's kind of like a JRPG. I think it's made by Sony itself, and it's a really really cool uh, RPG. I bought it like twice, but then eventually I got bored with it and I traded it in. But it's still a game I really want to play because it it was a really fun game, you know. And um, I, yeah, I still have my PSP. It still works. I sometimes fire it up. I played Metal Gear Acid 2 a while back on it. I mean, I remember because eventually Kojima started bringing Metal Gear games to the PSP. Instead of Metal Gear Acid, he actually brought Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops to the PSP. He brought Metal Gear Solid Peacemaker to the PSP, which were full-blown Metal Gear games on the PSP. So it felt so, so surreal having this Metal Gear Solid experience in the palm of your hand. Oh, man. What else? Key of Heaven. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen this game before. It's a pretty cool game. But it's but it's 22 euros on Bitcoin. Oh, wow. That's still a lot for a game like that. And I'm pretty sure it's used. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I try to sometimes keep like Mario Plus and stuff like that in uh, looking at that. But 
the developer was Climax Entertainment. Why does that sound familiar to me? What did they do? I don't know. Yeah, and the Markplatz, it's like five bucks. Oh, they did Shining Force and the Landstalker series. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, they did a bunch of games, like Runabout 2, Super Runabout, Dinosaur King. <laughs> yeah, I found it here on Markplatz for five bucks. Yeah, see? <laughs> Ball is trying to rip you. Whoever is selling it on Ball.com is trying to rip you off. Yeah. I might actually... It, it's four euros. Well... I'll, do you uh, still have a PSP? I do. I play on it from time to time. I was playing okay. uh, Metal Gear Acid like a couple of months ago. Metal Gear Acid 2, because I don't have the first one. I still want to buy that one. But I have uh, <sighs> 2, because 2 came with that whole ugly 3D cardboard thing. Oh, the bar... I yeah. wanted that so bad. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that sounds so cool!" Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah people are downplaying it because yeah. they are just they don't they don't want to be like elitist about it. It's fine, but I want to. I want yeah. it. Yeah, and um... I still want it. Did you do it? Did you get that? <laughs> I the still box? have it. I have it. <gasps> yeah. Yo. Yeah. Next time we meet up, you'd have to bring it because I want to. <laughs> I want to experience it. I never experienced. That's an experience that I want to experience. Sure. I, it doesn't. I'm I mean, like. I never tried it, but sure, I'll bring it along. <laughs> How have you what? You yeah, you like it's this cardboard thing you slide over your PSP so you have to hold it like this because it's like too so hard. You know how fatiguing it is to play like this. Oh my gosh. You know what? I will play it and I'll do a mini review of it. Sure. And then uh, then you'll know how it's sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that and I, I after that I like Sony announced the Vita, and initially I wasn't excited for the Vita. I was like, yeah, whatever. Because back then, we were transitioning to PS3, and then um, uh, the, the launch lineup did was okay. Because I remember on PSP, Sony brought their AAA games to PSP, like SOCOM Fireteam Bravo, or uh, there was another game, another SOCOM game. And SOCOM back then was pretty great, because it was it was the multiplayer game on PS2. I remember playing SOCOM Fireteam Bravo on my PSP multiplayer against Americans, and I had bought this special headset, and then we would voice chat, and it felt so cool, you know? And then uh, you had Gran Turismo and all sorts of stuff. And then when the Vita came along, I was like, eh, okay, this doesn't look so cool. And then I bought it in an impulse, you know? Mm. And then when I bought it, uh, like in an impulse, there was uh, what was the first game I bought on my PSP? Um, oh, Vita. I can't remember. They had like a what did you buy? <laughs> it was it was Unit Thirteen. I remember that one. And uh, that that's uh, also made by the SOCOM developers. It's like a mercenary game. You, it's a third-person mercenary game. I bought Unit ah, Thirteen. Okay. I think clo- shortly after that, they closed down Zipper Interactive because the game wasn't as great. Yeah. And I remember playing, I don't know, I have. I still have those games. But like the Vita, I barely used my Vita. I still have it, it still works, but I barely used my Vita because just there wasn't a lot of compelling stuff for, coming out for it, at least not for me. Wait, but around that time you had Vita PSP plus, uh, PS Plus games. Did you not play any of those? I downloaded. I probably claimed them all, but I never played. The only one I want to play is is Tearaway, but 
Um, I don't think I have it on the Vita. Oh my god, Tearaway is so good. Yeah, I have it on the PS4, so I want to play it on the PS4. Oh, the PS4 version? Yeah, I thought I got Tearaway through the Vita store with PS Plus, but I looked at, like, last week I was looking at it, but I don't have it. I have the PS4 version. Yeah. 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 Uh, Vita, man, that's... uh, before. Well, I did eventually end up getting a Vita. So, my story with the PlayStation Portables is... Funny. It's very short, but it's th- uh, there were reasons why I got those systems. So with the PSP, the only reason I got it was because Monster Hunter. We have a small hiccup. Uh, for some reason, I minimized the window, and now it is not screen recording the full window. No. Yeah. Uh, so the video is frozen. Okay. So we will have you to take a break. Yeah, so stick around. We will be right back. And we're back from our technical difficulties. Uh, <laughs> these things happen. Yeah. These things happen. It's all good in the hood. For you, for you, all of you that are listening, it's probably just like a quick second. You probably just heard a we'll be right back theme and uh, we're back. So, yeah. Um, so I was talking about... Uh, how I got my PlayStation Portable game system. So the PSP, the only reason I bought it was Monster Hunter. Oh, wow. I remember that one being really big, though, when it came out, especially in Japan. That was really That was big, like a yeah. huge hit. Yeah. So there was this TV show, not Game Kings. Game Kings was the thing, but Game Kings doesn't really... I don't think they really covered Monster Hunter. There was another game show that had a narrator... I do not remember for the life of me what the name of was that it show Gamo? was. It was a Dutch one. Gamo! <laughs> My God! Yes! Gamo was the shiznit. It wasn't it wasn't long. They always stick to the core stuff. And it was like this voiceless this narrator that did like previews and reviews. And uh sometimes they had special features, but it's like I think it was like a half hour show. It wasn't really that long. Gamma was so good. Damn. Yep, I remember Gamma. They they did, I think they reviewed every, every single, like, Monster Hunter game that came out. Monster Hunter 1, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, I think they, I think they even did import reviews. I can't remember. So, I remember, like, in the early days, they would do import reviews for, like, the Resident Evil games. Mm. That's how I learned about Resident Evil. Through Gamo because I never played Resident Evil because I was a big fat boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> until until RE4, but we'll get to that. Um, but that's how I learned about Monster Hunter. And around that time, this was like 2007-ish, I got, I was really like from, I started listening to podcasts around 2005. 2007, I was invested in podcasts. I listened to a lot of gaming podcasts. Um, and one of one of my favorite gaming podcasts from back then was from One Up, One Up Yours, and they were big fans of like Monster Hunter. So I always was intrigued, and then years later there was this like pseudo sequel podcast to One Up Yours called Eight Four Play, which still exists to this day. Um, they are also a bi-weekly podcast, and I love those those guys. They podcast. They are from they. They're not Japanese. They're Americans, but they live in Japan. Mm. And they work in the in the game industry and stuff like that. Um, they work for Japanese companies. Nice. 
And but then their first debut episode, they were talking about Monster Hunter uh, Try because at that time it had made the jump from PlayStation Three to Wii uh-huh. as an exclusive. And they were talking so passionately about Monster Hunter, and they were talking about the claw on the PSP, <laughs> the Monster Hunter claw. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I played Monster Hunter Freedom Unite on the PSP. And yeah, you really have to use the claw because otherwise it's like kind of unplayable. What is the claw? Um, So I don't have a PSP with me, but the claw is like this. If you're watching the video version. So basically you held the the controller like this, the buttons on your left, on on your right hand, right? But you have to use the camera. You have to use the D-pad, but you moved around using the analog nut. So the camera is controlled through the D-pad. Oh my god! So if you're not, if you can't, you can't shift between the two. You can't do camera control and then move. You need to be able to do both at the same time. Oh my god! Hence the claw. <laughs> so the claw is literally using like your in your index finger and your middle finger to your middle finger did the camera work on the D pad. Your um sorry, your index finger used the the D pad. Your thumb, of course, for the analog nub. And then your middle finger was to use the right uh, shoulder button. Oh my god! <laughs> Yo, the uh, like the finger gymnastics you had you had to play for Monster Hunter on PSP. The fact that people that the fact that it was more popular on PSP is bonkers yeah, if you think about how you have to play the game. Yeah. But in Japan, it was popular because of ad hoc mode. And you had a lot of places where you could go and play Monster Hunter. They had cafes where they had dedicated like sections where you could play Monster Hunter. Wow. Like, hey, if you're looking for people to play Monster Hunter over here, sit here. There are probably three other like-minded people that have their PlayStation portables with them playing Monster Hunter. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And of course, kids played it on the trains, you know, to school and on the school grounds and whatever. But yeah, grownups, they would just go to cafes or find somewhere to meet up and then play ad hoc mode Monster Hunter. Wow. That's why it was so big in Japan. I didn't We never had that until the Wii version came out. Until Monster Hunter Tri came out, it was the first game that supported online. Yeah, because I remember that uh, reading the announcements of Monster Hunter and how popular it was in the, on the PSP in Japan, I was like, wow, okay. Because that's, I think, one of the reasons why the PSP grew so much in Japan, because of Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I got the special version, which uh, I want, it came with something. Oh, right. A really thick manual. <laughs> the like I sorry, it's not a special version. It was the regular version. It just came with a fat manual. Wow. But does it have like <laughs> Monster Hunter branding on the PSP or? Uh no no no. I just bought a regular piano black. I think three three two two thousand or three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um. Or four thousand, I think mine is even. I think mine was. I totally forgot that Sony also did the PSP Go for a while. Oh my gosh, that's the worst thing they yep. ever did. I kind of want one because it's like for preservation, I want yeah, one, but it's yeah. a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, because I think was that only was that digital only? Yeah, I think it was yeah, right. It you had no physical the space. In it. Yeah, you had to use the PlayStation Store to play games. 
And it was tiny because it was basically a Sony mobile game where they essentially took like the keyboard out and then put controls in it instead. What was it based off of? I think oh, those wait, things are um, still expensive. I'm looking them up now and it's like 200 bucks. Oh my gosh, you're right. I see one for 147, but dang, that's still a lot. I see one for 120. Uh, let me see if I can. Why is this in Spanish? Oh. Why am I getting like this weird language, like Wikipedia page? Why am I not getting the English Wikipedia? I kind of want one. Wait, why? Because it's just <laughs> like for preservation, or yeah, it's a cool and fun to have, you know. Oh my gosh, why am I not getting the... Holy crap! This dude is selling the Battle for Middle-Earth 1, yeah. 2, and the expansion on disc yeah. for 90 euros. What? Is it that expensive? That's really expensive. Damn. Oh, does it say what it's based off of? Damn it, it doesn't say. There's like, there was this Sony... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The overall shape and sliding mechanisms are similar to those of the Sony Milo Com 2 interface. Which is like, if I look at the Milo, like the PSP is way prettier than the Milo because that is a ugly ass device. I kind of want it. Ah, but nah, man. 250 is too much, man. No, I see one for but 120. If you find... Oh, I think if you can find one for less than 100, it would be worth it. Yeah. Because remember, the PlayStation Store is dead on PlayStation. Yeah, so like Store. I'm thinking, like how should how am I supposed so to get games on it? So it's absolutely worthless. Yeah. So how am I gonna get games you have on to, it? You, you have to rip it. You have to use. Yeah, or, to or I have to download. No, I can't download. No, I, there is still a way to get games on the PSP. Yeah, I think I think you really ha I think you'd have to mod it or something. I think like so. or or put or like homebrew it, so you'd have to crack it. Something like that. Because the PSP... The PSP... I've never even stopped to think about it, but the PSP Go is, like, actually dead now. Because they took down the store. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, rip if you have a PSP Go, man. Pour one out. I see them well for... You know the retail chain CEX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sell them for a hundred... Oh, that's good. But they don't well, have. Oh, but they don't have. Do they have it in stock? Well, maybe one of the stores has them in stock. Um, wow, did we we diverted real quickly, didn't we? <laughs> that's what you get with these kind of episodes, because you know it's just so oh nostalgic. Yo, the PSP Go, man. That was... here's the thing, though, because I remember there were rumors going around that they were working on a next gen system. And an in-between system that was digital only. And people were like, nah, no. And then the leaks started coming out. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the leaks coming out and people were like, if they do this, this is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, because it was it, they killed it pretty soon, the PSP Go, because it wasn't oh, yeah, popular. It, yeah, well, it wasn't popular and it came out, like I said, it was an in-between system. Yeah. Like shortly thereafter, they announced the Vita. It's like, yeah, why would you pick up why would you pick up a PSP Go if you already have a PSP? Why would you get a digital only yeah. system? It was small. I think it's, it could take it with you easier. Yeah. 
but, but the controls weren't as good. I think it came and out. You couldn't do the claw. Yeah, and it, I think it came out too early for its time because then digital wasn't as popular. So, like, if yeah. they did like a Vita Go, that would have been a bit more successful, I think. Yeah. Um, the only downside with both the Vita and the PlayStation Portable is that they both use proprietary save, save, the, uh, save media, like. You had to you have to buy the memory stick, which is like super expensive. It's like, yeah. why would you not just use SD? Oh, wait, because memory stick is a proprietary media from Sony. That's why they're doing I it. I remember so that they can get more money. Five hundred twelve megabytes of the Pro Duo Sony memory card was eighty euros. Yeah. A gigabyte uh, was hundred and twenty five euros. And they never went down in price. Yep. And eventually they like, opened up the ecosystem because I remember I get one from got one from Sandisk years later. Yeah. Which was cheaper and it had more storage. I was thinking like it was eight Obviously. or sixteen gigabytes and was a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. By that time I had already moved on from the PlayStation Portable. Um and the Vita, the, the Vita is worse now because that one used its own proprietary like memory card, yep. which is the dumbest thing on the planet yeah. like if i look up vita memory card i got one um, for cheap because my vita eventually stopped working and i couldn't figure out why so i troubleshooted it a little bit and i found out that the memory card in it was causing the issue because it wouldn't boot up so i eventually yeah. was able to get a, a, a brand new memory card through Marklots, was still sealed for yeah. like 30 bucks and it was like eight gigs but still it was brand new so what the heck can PS Vita use micro SD card? Uh, memory memory stick and cards similar to those using the network in Vita now due to common formats like SD. Um, Sony is yeah 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 yeah. That's what. Yeah, well, you know what I'm looking at right now? No. Like there's this ad for a PS Vita adapter. Oh. Like where you could put a micro SD card in it. It's not that expensive. No? Yeah, it's like eight bucks, seven bucks. I'll send it to you, but I'm like, okay, this this is a game changer. Because uh a Sony PS Vita memory card, um on like the eight gigabyte one I'm seeing here on like Mark Plots is like forty bucks. It's eight gigabytes. <laughs> What in the actual love of crap? Why in the Sam Hill would you even accept that? Yo, what? Oh, dang. Okay, sorry. That was a that was a PS Vita with games that was costing 150. I was like, the memory card is 150. <laughs> so yeah, four gigs, 30 bucks. Yeah, bye. So yeah, if that adapter is real and it works, that's a game changer. You know how happy I would be? Because I would just buy... Because you can buy like a 64 gigabyte SD card mm. for super cheap. Yeah. I got a 128 gigabyte micro SD card for my Switch for like 15, 20 bucks. So yeah, I think I'm going to look into this. If it's that cheap, I might actually pick one up. Um, I might, I might pick one up and just load it up with games. Because I have a bunch of games... Again, PlayStation Plus, um, that I have yet to play 
because there was I'd never had the space for it. I have a bunch of PlayStation uh, PSP games and PlayStation One games that I want to play on the Vita because it's just convenient. If this works, it makes it possible. That would be cool. I'm just looking for a cheap offer on a good deal on a PSP Go because I want one. Oh my gosh! Okay, this is just this. This is literally just devolved into like one of our conversations that we usually have after a podcast or uh, outside of podcasting. Yeah, I think we should uh, wrap this part up and then we will definitely yeah. come back to part three and then we'll talk about... Uh... There is one question I do want to ask you before we head out. Yes. Um, since we are talking about PlayStation Portable and PlayStation Vita, if Sony were to say, we're doing a new handheld, mm-hmm. or they would try to add a third tier to the PlayStation 5 route and have like a less powerful but hybrid PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. It's all digital. Mm-hmm. Would you go for it? It's not as powerful, so the games are not as pretty, mm-hmm. but they still run PlayStation 5 games. I don't know, to be honest, and I'll tell you why. Because... So let me put so let me give you my reasoning behind why I think it's a plausible idea. Because we haven't talked about it a lot on the show, but the Steam Deck has officially launched a while back. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all the reviews I have seen so far are raving, super positive, like exciting. Because um I think, and that's what I said in a, in a previous episode, this is like the Steam Deck basically creates this new category of part of, of handheld gaming. It's like this high-end segment of uh, handheld gaming. And there are other companies that do it. Like Aya is a company, I think, from based out of Aya China. Neo, yeah, yeah, they have the Aya Neo. And they have like a, they have like an extensive range of these handhelds now. Like the Pro and the this and the that. And they have like a lot. So there's a lot of so flavors. super expensive. Yeah. So, but I think that's like what we're trying to do. do. They like have multiple different kinds to appeal to different segments. So like, I think it is plausible that if the Steam Deck keeps on growing in the way that it is, and it looks like it's growing a lot, um, mm. that it is plausible for Sony to look into something like that and then eventually consider doing it, but in their own way. Um, to be honest, I don't know if I would buy it outright because like i have a switch and i don't use my switch on the go that's maybe also because i don't travel as long as you do because um yeah my journey to work is like an hour but it's like using different means of public transport so i'm not in one like for a long period of time like i take the train for 10 minutes and then i take the subway for five minutes and then i walk for example so I don't have like that that hour or an hour and a half for like that I'm in the train that I can actually focus on on my switch. So mostly my switch is on the couch playing something like Stardew Valley or something like that, or I want to get back into Breath of the Wild or Astral Chain or something like that. Um, but if I look at how often I use my switch, it's not a lot. Maybe it's also because I'm not playing anything at the moment. So I don't know if I would outright buy a Sony handheld because I'm afraid it would be in the same realm unless they make really great games for it that I really want to play. Because then I'll just, you know, if they make unique, great experiences, then I'll just probably buy it because then it's like, hey, that's a game I just want to play. And if it's not available on PS5, then you're like, okay, then I'll play this on the whatever it's called. 
but if it's like the ps if it's like the handheld version of a ps5 game i'm not as inclined to do it because i'm like i can play it on my big screen 4k tv in 4k on the couch which is a lot more comfortable um because that what that's what appealed to me about the psp they brought unique experiences to the psp you know yeah but the thing that's i i miss the times when they did bespoke stuff yeah like per console because they, that's something we didn't talk about it in the first part but back then like i touched upon it a little bit with the different versions of aladdin mm-hmm. but back then you used to have like each console had its own version sometimes they'd be similar but sometimes it also have like oh the super nintendo has like a bonus level or the 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 mega drive version um uh has different levels and stuff like that, or it looked different, or it played different. And in the time of the DS and the the PlayStation Portable, that did happen, but it didn't happen with the Vita because the Vita had dual analog sticks, so you had yeah. more console like experiences. Um, so yeah, I get where you're coming from. I do miss the bespoke versions. Like, for example, on the Wii, you had, like, the Ghostbusters games, you know, on mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And the Wii version was unique because it had the point, the you know, the Wii remote yeah. and used that to play the game. It's like, yeah. it was, I'm so, like, if I am able to find that game, I will pick it up. I regret never picking up the Wii version. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example. And for you, it's different than for me, but... That's probably one of the main reasons why I don't use my Switch as often. Because, like, for example, Hogwarts Legacy is coming to the Switch. We have no idea if it's going to be a cloud version or, like, an actual version running on Switch hardware. But, like, for me, it's pretty easy. Like, I want to play it on PS5 because that's the best possible experience I can get from that game. So there's little incentive for me to get the Switch version. But if the Switch version were to be, like, this completely unique experience, that did its own thing and that ran natively on the Switch, then I might even consider buying that next to the PS5 version because I'm like, hey, I want to play that version because it offers a completely different take on the game. And I feel like it's not being done enough and I wish it was done enough because that was basically eventually developers figured out with the PSP, like we cannot port our main PS2 or PS3 game to the PSP because it doesn't work. We have to come up with our own tailor-made game for this platform and that's when the, the that's when the handheld really started to shine okay we'll definitely talk about this more because the reason why i'm the reason why i'm saying that we'll definitely talk about this more because the reason why this is not possible anymore is because there are less and less smaller developers to rely on yeah especially when acquisitions keep happening yeah yeah. So, yeah, because when you had multiple versions, they were not done by the same developer. They were done literally yep. by, like, different smaller developers that are usually outsourced, um, like, uh, developers for hire yep. that did, like, these bespoke versions. Yep. Sometimes they were great. Sometimes. Sometimes they were absolute dog turds. I but at least they existed. I don't, I can't remember who said it, but it's, like, this famous... There's this thing you see in like reels a lot or in, in memes or and it's like sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit and a lot <laughs> but then it's like with this italian or spanish voice so it makes it like even sound better <laughs> so that yeah oh, man yeah. yeah that's true man yeah. holy smokes yeah 
All right. Um, I guess that's it for part two then. Yeah. Um, cool. Will you do us the honors? Yes. So thank you for tuning in for this part two of the the bonus episode. Um, this is turning out to be a lot more fun than we had initially intended because we thought like, I know we'll just do a short episode, but now we're already in the second part and I think it will go to a part four or maybe a part five. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Um, the audio version is available on, on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, the video version goes up on YouTube the same day and time. This one, the audio version goes up. We will put a link in the description for it, but there's also a link in our bios on Instagram, for example, where you can just click on it and you can find everything related to Game Rivals. Um, where you can reach us through email, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, it's game underscore rivals underscore and uh, at Maximilian. Um, on Instagram, it's at Game Rivals and at Maximilian underscore X. And as I said, in the bio, there's a link. And if you click on it, you can find all the places that we are um, on Twitch. It's uh, twitch.tv slash uh, Maximilian underscore X and slash Sean Templar uh, on TikTok. It's at game rivals at Maximilian underscore X. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Did you do the, did you do the email? Yeah, I did the email. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think I got them all. Um, yeah. I think you got them. Yeah. On that note, I am still and always will be Sean Templer. And I still and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on part three. Later. Later.